beautiful one. Welcome to today's episode of the Diversity Life Podcast. If you don't know what the Diversity Life Podcast is, it is a weekly conversation with tech industry experts and career strategists where I interview them about their careers to help you with your own technology career. I'm Kawat Abdul Hakim, the founder of Diversity. His mission is to help you choose and navigate your dream tech career. Visit diversity.com to learn more. If you would like to join the podcast live, which is always fun, it happens every Friday on my LinkedIn. You can find the link to my profile in the description. If you're also not subscribed or you're currently listening, make sure to hit the subscribe button. Now let's get into today's episode. The topic for today is building a sustainable startup in Africa, and I can't wait to dive into this. So I'm just going to allow give us a brief introduction about himself and tell us a bit about his career background. Hmm. Hi everyone. <laughs> Where do I start? My name is Upan, and I am VP Operations at a venture capital firm operating out of Lagos called Ingressive Capital. Ingressive Capital basically invests in innovative companies across Sub-Saharan Africa. Our portfolio is about 20 plus companies strong. And we're growing and growing. I mean, one of our biggest success was last year where Paystack exited to Stripe. We we're one of the first people that actually wrote a check into Paystack. That shows, you know, the kind of companies that we like to back and at what stage we like to back them. My background is basically I've been neck deep in entrepreneurship, what I say, all my life, even right from my university days. I was doing business and I didn't know it was, was really business. I was just finding a way to make money and <laughs> and keep myself afloat but i really got into this space in the last six seven years where i and my team put together the tony Limoli entrepreneurship program which i ran for about five six years and for those of you who don't know the tony Limoli entrepreneurship program it's an entrepreneurship program whose goal was to train ten thousand entrepreneurs from 54 countries in africa train mentor and fund 10,000 entrepreneurs and so we put together the structure of that program we put together the learning content and um, we paired entrepreneurs across Africa with mentors we also funded their business with an initial capital of $5,000 and at the end of year five we had already reached our 10-year goal of training 10,000 entrepreneurs from across Africa and I was looking for a new oh. challenge and I've been venture i mean in this in the vc space but more importantly i also realized and maybe people don't necessarily agree with me that for growth people need responsibility and giving people free money in quotes doesn't necessarily help them be responsible now i'm not saying that you know giving grants to people isn't good it really works i've seen great businesses being built out of grants as evidence with the impact from however when you when there's structured funding and when you have to report to your investors and the likes every quarter, every month, every year, the chances of you growing faster is higher. And the, the help that you need, you most likely will get it at a faster pace and a more deliberate pace than, you know, when you just get grants. So that's, that's me in a nutshell, my background and all. Yeah, very, very, very interesting. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, so let's start with the first basic thing. What do you think of the existing African ecosystem, the startup uh, ecosystem? We are a long way to go, but the honest truth is we've seen a paradigm shift in the last five to ten years where interesting companies like like Paystack, like the Flutter Waves, are beginning to raise a lot of money. Incumbents like the InterSwitch of this world are you know, are expanding across Africa and are getting investment from 
from institutional investors outside the continent of Africa. We're, we're seeing companies raise a large ton of money across Africa. But the ecosystem is still nascent. There's still a long way to go because, I mean, what made Silicon Valley Silicon Valley? There many things, and I'm going to just list a few of them. One was collaboration. We're not the best. We're not known for sharing. We're very competitive. It's good. It's good, honestly. I mean, if you grew up in an Andrian household, your yeah. mother will hit your head and say, do you have two heads? Look at your mates. They're getting first in class. Like, we grew up being competitive. Like, that, yeah. Yeah, that's helped us excel, especially when we go to other climbs. However, in terms of an ecosystem, that has not really benefited us because the best ecosystems are built on collaboration, on people leveraging on their skills and their strengths, which is one thing we don't necessarily... We are not the best at in Nigeria or in Africa at large. Secondly, second thing is infrastructure and policy, which and that's the government's part which is a far cry across the sub-Saharan Africa. If you go from Lagos to Accra to, to you know, Kenya, that's as a country, and, and the likes, you find that the infrastructural problem are the same. Some countries have gone way ahead, but it's still the same problems that you find entrepreneurs facing in terms of infrastructure and policy. And because of that, the ecosystem is really struggling, and we're not going at the pace that we ought to grow. And then... Lastly, just to round up this, this conversation, is we need more high net worth individuals and more stakeholders in the industry investing their time and resources into the ecosystem. So a dangote of this world. Instead of, I'm not saying don't build your refinery, but I'm saying how about back other entrepreneurs across the continent? How about back interesting founders that are building businesses for the future? Where That's what we want to see. We want to see more millionaires investing their money and not looking for how they can get their money quickly. Now, the thing about investing in startups and ecosystems is a long, it's a long play, it's a long-term play. You don't expect to invest now and get your money in two, three years. Unfortunately, that's what businessmen want. You're, you're investing yeah. because you want to get your returns in five, seven, 10, 15, 20 years. And unfortunately, and you can't necessarily blame them. The, the claims that we've grown up in, you just want your money out as fast as, fast as possible because you don't know what, what will change. You don't know what government will yeah. change. You know what, yeah, so you can't really blame Especially them. in but a we, country like Nigeria. Exactly. So you need more, I guess you. what I'm trying to say is that we need more activity from the private sector, the rich people, the high networks, and the people with connections. We need you investing your time and resources in, into building the ecosystem, or we're just going to be at that baby level, at that level that we find ourselves in. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you've talked about most of the challenges. Is there any other additional challenge you'd like to mention? I've mentioned policy. I've mentioned, I mean, policy is a, a big part. Infrastructure is a big part. Uh, I mentioned collaboration. I've, then maybe lastly, okay, two things, two things. If you go to my Twitter page, there is a pinned tweet that has been there for two, three years. And the summary, summary is quality over quantity. We don't need more entrepreneurs. We need better entrepreneurs. We need more businesses scaling. So when I hear people say, you know, when you finish school, go and start a business. I think that advice is so, so misplaced. Start a business with what? With what skill? With what knowledge? I often tell people before you start a business, it's best for you to understand, study somebody or work for somebody. Because a study that Endeavor did in the last couple of years showed that you kind of replicate the business practices that you worked in, right? And so highly successful companies end up birthing more successful companies from the staff that work in them. So we need more companies growing, scale, and big. I can tell you for a fact that I know five to ten people that worked in Jumia and Conga when the first time when they were really big, that initial phase, you know, when they started, when they were a startup in quotes, that have gone on to start up or begin or build businesses that are thriving right now. So you see that knock-on effect. You need more businesses scaling. We don't need 
additional businesses. We need more of the businesses. We need quality entrepreneurs, quality businesses growing and scaling. And lastly, kind of tied to this other point, we need well-informed entrepreneurs. We need entrepreneurs that are not just, you know, are not just striving on survival. I just don't want, I want to make money. I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be hungry. We need entrepreneurs that are well-equipped to grow their businesses, that have the necessary knowledge to grow their businesses, that have the knowledge to build organizational structure that would help their business be sustainable over time. Think about it. Most of the very big businesses in the 80s in Nigeria, how many of them are there today? 11s of this world. The, what was the name of this public transport company? Ifesinachi Transport and all these many other transport services. There, there are many of them. Many of them have not survived time, the, the test of time, because, I mean, they didn't understand how to structure their businesses. Some of them didn't know that, you know, you can structure your debts. Some, some of them didn't know. I mean, yesterday, somebody I follow a lot on, on, on Twitter, I said what I was talking about, using leveraging debt. So then you know that you can actually leverage debt to scale your business, right? So there's so much entrepreneurs of nowadays can learn. And I'm an avid Googler. You can find it on Google. But one of the best ways to get all the information you need is, one, join a community. And number two, engage with thought leaders. I didn't say follow thought leaders. I didn't say retweet. I said engage. Talk, talk to them. You know, learn from them, learn from them. And that's what we need. We need entrepreneurs that are active knowledge seekers, because at the end of the day, it is that knowledge that will open doors for you in terms of how well you grow your business, in terms of how well you relate to your customers, in terms of how you, you surmount the challenges that will definitely come from running a business on this continent. Yeah. So how do you think these problems can be solved? Like what, what are the first steps we can take to making it better? But I, I wouldn't say four steps. I would say one. One step. Access. Okay. Access can be broken down. <laughs> Entrepreneurs, the ecosystem needs access. And now access is many things. Access to the right type of funding, strategic funding. So number one, I tell entrepreneurs, you do not need to raise money unless it's absolutely necessary. Now we've come into yeah. the phase where everybody's raising money left, right, and center. And we think it's the in thing. But look at statistics. We have so many companies that have raised money over time and didn't succeed more than they didn't leave past two years. Yeah. Oh yeah. So then why are people so focused on raising money when obviously money is not the only silver bullet to succeed in, right? There's so much you need to do as an Yeah, entrepreneur. your company structure and all that. But yes, we need oh, more okay. money in the ecosystem because we need more money reaching the right entrepreneurs and more strategic funding, right? From the right set of people. I'm strategic funding in the sense that if you're building a fintech. It would be nice to have an investor that is the CEO of a bank. You know why? Because he already understands the terrain. He knows how well to advise you when you face problems. So strategic funding. Secondly, we need the government to listen to young people. And I'm not even saying that young people know everything, but the world at the way the rate at which the world is going, yeah. young people are at the forefront of that drive for digitization. I mean, many years ago, we we're talking about industrialization, but now we are in the digital now, age. And yeah. coincidentally, or the way it is, young people are at the forefront. Listen to young people. Let it not be a case of, oh, you, you're trying to destroy the structures, or you're trying to destroy the banks or the institutions. Let it be, how can we help you grow, and how can we exactly. and the continent? It should be a question of how, and not you know entirely saying, no, this is bad. Right? Yeah. Just like recently, the CBN 
restricted trading on yeah. cryptocurrency. To be honest, for the longest of time, I didn't know, I didn't understand cryptocurrency. And I missed out in 2015 because I had a close friend that was buying Bitcoin and all the rest. And to <laughs> the when I think back, I'm like, God, I missed out. <laughs> but initially, I, you know, I sat down I, I and I spent time. Took your time to study. About, yeah, and I understood it. That's what we need. Instead of banning, let it be understand yeah. and build policies that will protect the customers and protect yeah. the entrepreneurs rather than, you know, banning it entirely. What else? We need more support, right? Like I, like we rightly said at the beginning, is more than having money to run your business. You need HR companies that will be helping recruiting. You need tr- education. Now, education is not like our structured education from secondary school, university. We need more mm. vocational schools. We need more technical schools where people can actually pick skills and not being book smart. Yeah. I'm not saying book smart is not bad, right? It's bad, right? But we need people with more skills and more people that just know theory. We need, and, and, and that's why you see that there's a talent problem on the continent of Africa. Now, let me explain yeah. that. Let me explain before, before somebody comes to fight me. We have a lot of people on the continent, a lot of young, hungry people, a lot of dedicated people. But when you start recruiting, as I have done for many companies. Yeah, you, you have, realize that you can't they are not pick. employable. Yeah, because they don't have the basic skills, soft skills, and all the rest, or their their skills are not relevant to the company you're you're recruiting, or you find out that they are low level staff. They don't have the experience. They don't have, and that's why you need more companies to scale and grow because then they recruit more people and so they, they can recruit more people. Yeah, right. So two things: Africa is full of low level talent. How do you accelerate them from being low level? To high level so how do you take that software developer and make him become a cto the only way that can be done is or being in real world life scenarios is building projects over time right how do we do that and that's the only way we can do that is you know is to ensure our company scale is to ensure that more people can start quality businesses and allow them to grow as they as, as they start those businesses is to ensure that people are trained appropriately so that they can tackle projects, they can tackle, they can, you know, they can volunteer their time, they can do a lot of things that, that will give them that, that would help them get to the level that we want them to be, or else they're going to poach all the best talent. And it's happening. There's so much brain drain. All the talents are moving to Germany. All the talents yeah. are moving to the US, to the UK. And now that COVID has taught us and shown us that people can work remotely, more talents are still more to leave folk. Nigeria. Yeah. We have a talent problem in Nigeria. People need to be upskilled. Yes, I did. Oh, guess what? I did electrical engineering in, in university. Not for once have I used that. However, the knowledge that I go, gained in electrical engineering actually has helped me navigate my career over time. Whether people want to believe it or not, that's just the truth. Being an engineer made me think, you know, critically and ask <coughs> questions and all that. But there are so many people across the country of Africa, especially Nigeria, that don't have relevant jobs to where they studied and they have to upskill. It also took me upskilling. I finished from university. I right from university. I learned, I taught myself how to build websites. In my NYC days, I was building websites as, as, as a hobby and then as a small business. And that's how I got my first job, my first proper job with Tony Lumeli. So I started out as an IT person before I ended up in the foundation. And it took years. Like I had to upskill over time. One second, I was learning IT, I was building websites, I was learning to configure 
you know, crowd, cloud servers. And in the next period, I was having in-depth knowledge around business. We were at attending, we were reading HBR articles, we were attending sessions because we wanted to grow ourselves, watching his businesses grow over time. And upskilling, very important, right? So we need more, more organizations target young people to upskill them. One good example is Ingressive for Good. Ingressive for Good is aiming to, yes, this is an ad, free ad, is, is aiming to increase <laughs> the, the learning, the earning power of African youth. And how are they doing that? By upskilling. Because we believe that if you upskill a talent, then they get better jobs and they get better pay, right? So upskilling is very important. How else can we solve this thing? We also need that Africa first mentality. It's twofold, right? I, I believe that people chase quality, right? Yes. So when people say buy Niger to grow the Naira, the logic is actually sense is is sometimes it sense it has sense and it's senseless, right? Why should I buy the Niger when the quality is bad? But unfortunately, because we have this logic or this thinking that things from the African continent is not always good, we tend not to patronize things from out of the continent. But they are actually quality products and service services built from the African continent, and we need to also. We need to start changing our mindset to patronize and help the young entrepreneurs out there trying to build something, to build a life, trying to build a career from tech. Patronize them. You know, where you see a good service, talk about it on Instagram, talk about it on social media. You know, because word of mouth is the best form of adverts. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah refer, refer them to, if you cannot help them, refer them to other people that can help them. We need more people encouraging we need that cooperation but because there's yeah. no that cooperation you know like we said yeah. earlier the competitiveness is the problem exactly and then lastly just to your point information sharing access to information founders need to be open to sharing their experiences the veterans in the game yeah. need to be open to sharing their experiences yes and this might be controversial i was in a session with dangote see i love listening to business people and I'm a big proponent of pick the things that are necessary to you at the level of your growth. That's the context. And dispose of the ones that don't are not relevant to you. So I will listen to everybody. If like tell me that, oh, Adinuga doesn't have anything to tell about business, that I will still listen to him because there are certain things I can learn from him, be it the way he talks, be it the way he manages the staff, whatever it is. And when that session, right, actually it wasn't Dangote, it was Alakija. And they asked Alakija. And Robertson Joe was there, which was interesting because they had they both of them have an interesting rivalry. And just that despite all the governments, whatever, 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 how did you build your company to become one of the richest women in the world? And do you know what she said? Just guess. I I'll just let you say it. <laughs> she said, she pointed her hand, I remember, to the skies. I said, It is Jesus. And I stood there. <laughs> It was one of the forums we organized. So you had thousands of entrepreneurs seated there, listening, trying to get something from you. And you say, Jesus? I'm not saying you can, you should discount the spiritual, right? Yeah, but, but like... Sake, you did so many things right for it to be there. Whether there was government patronage, whether you, there's still something to learn. Yeah. Our veterans need to learn to share. They do not share. And I, like I said, because we have, grown, we have grown to be very competitive, we rarely share our experiences. One of the reasons why I'm a big fan of community is that shared experience will actually teach you faster. Why make yeah, a mistake? Because somebody else has made the same mistake. Exactly. From the other person. Right? So we need that, that, that collaborative and informa information sharing ideology. We need to start, you know, share, 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 share. 
you will not die if you share to be honest you will not die like it won't honestly. affect you in any way yeah exactly so you know these are the things that i, I wish would change yeah like yeah like i really hope we can learn to collaborate more because it will do all of us good when everybody has this great information of how to grow and everybody's just doing it right then that's like growth for the whole mm-hmm. nation but well <laughs> we'll see how that progresses over time yeah. i'm interrupting this podcast to remind you to subscribe if you haven't and also nod you to visit diversek.com to kickstart your technology career or get help navigating your existing tech career okay back to the discussion okay so how does one build a sustainable startup right from start like given all these challenges already that we know that we Mm -hmm. are not in control of how do you build a sustainable tech startup Mm, I, i would i would come from two angles number one from the personal aspect and from i would say the second one from the market aspect let me start from the personal from personal aspects you need to ask yourself are you ready to build a business business is not beans running a business is not easy i tweeted recently about leadership and how leadership is a balancing act it is hard where you yeah. have to hire people where you have to fire people where you have to make decisions where every month you pay everybody before yourself. Leadership is hard. So ask yourself, are you ready? Number two, are you well equipped for the journey? If you are not, I'm not saying hold up your like, I'm not saying. Are you sustainable yourself? <laughs> yes. Go and get the knowledge. Go and make some money. Find ways to, I mean, beef yourself up, to build yourself up so that when you start running your business, you're sort of equipped. Yes, I agree that when you're running your business, unexpected things happen. But, I mean, prepare yourself. And thirdly, are you in the right community of people? Because running a business is hard. And sometimes you have to lean on other people when you're running your business. So is your network the kind of network that would get you to where you want? I often tell people, network for the next stage of where you want to be. If you are a village champion, see, you're not going to succeed from being a village champion. Let me use, let me change those the wordings. So, in short, we, I joke about this with my friend. I say, I, I often say, if you are the smartest person in the room, then you need to change your friends. You need to go seek the kind of network that will force you or push you to grow. So that's a personal perspective from the business perspective, ensure that you're building a customer-centric business. But before you build a customer-centric business, what problem are you solving? So you are basically solving a problem, not from your perspective, but from the perspective of the customer. People call it the problem-centric approach, actually, where you are building a business based on what the customer is saying, not what you're saying. Because it's very easy for because life is about perspective. It's very easy for you to get lost in your perspective and build a business that nobody wants to yeah. recognize, but there's actually a need. So ask yeah. yourself, this problem I have noticed, how many people have this same problem? That's one. Number two, very relevant question. How many people are willing to pay me to solve this problem for them? Then thirdly, are there incumbents in the market? Is there a competition? How can I be better than them? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Secondly, you need to recruit appropriately. Recruit people with complementary skills. Now, one of the mistakes I see business leaders, and this is even a general shade at everybody, 
is that they like to recruit people that are replicas of themselves. Oh, I don't sleep at night. I work very hard. So I want somebody that's like me. But the mistake you make is that that person doesn't bring a second perspective to your business or anything new to your business. Yeah. You need a diverse range only, of ideas. Exactly. So you need a diverse range of ideas, diverse range of skills, which is why we always scream about inclusivity, inclusivity, right? And having women on your team and all that. But have your team to be complementary in terms of skills, in terms of ideas. People that would say, no, sir, this thing you're doing doesn't make sense. Why don't we do it the other way? That way you can grow. That way you can build a sustainable business. Thirdly, figure out how to make your business sticky. Now, sticky in the sense that it becomes, okay, let me use this very popular question that business leaders usually will mention. Are you a vitamin or are you a painkiller? Are you something that the customer needs every day? Are you something that, the cost- that is a nice to have? I mean, a vitamin is a nice to have. If you don't take your vitamins, you will not die. But if you're having a migraine, you will take Panadol or Paracetamol or drugs for as long as you still have that migraine till it stops, right? So is your business in that mode of a painkiller, right? Does it solve a problem that the customer must absolutely pay for? And if it doesn't, how can you make your business in such a way your customer thinks that if I don't pay for this product or service, I am missing out. There's that fear of missing out, right? This is very, very, very essential. Third, I don't know if it's third, I mentioned so many things. Importantly, understand the regulatory risks of running your business. We all heard about the OP in Lagos. Yeah. You cannot run or build a business in Nigeria, in Africa, in isolation without the government, without the local government, without people in power. Because so anything while, could come up. Yes. Yeah, so while you're building your business, start advocating, start being friends with the people up there, the decision makers, start having friends of friends of people in the government, because that will help you when there might be a policy change. And somebody begins to speak up, he said, no, 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 this guy is ready. It has been very beneficial to this area. So can we not do it this way, right? build your business with people in government in mind. Yes, it's hard. Surely, I mean, that means you have to learn to lobby and it's hard. But I mean, that's why I said at the beginning, if you're not ready to run your business, business, don't do it. It's not easy. It is not easy. Then again, like you said, it all comes down to having the right network of people around you. Yeah. And building relationships. Okay, now to another very important question. Does every startup need external funding? And at what stage do they seek external funding? Absolutely not. Microsoft didn't get external funding till way later in their business. And they only got external funding because they needed the person to sit on their board. So there are examples of people that have built mega businesses without taking external funding. So when do you need external funding? If and when you want to scale and grow rapidly. So that in short, that's the only reason why I, I would say take external funding if you want to grow rapidly. So you're saying I want to jump from my 10 users that use my product frequently to 300. Then you can take external funding, but you can actually grow or bootstrap your business organically. You can. That's why I tell entrepreneurs know your financials, understand what your revenue is, understand what your profit is, plow back your profits back into your business. Figure out how you can scale your business with, with on, your, on your books, right? Rather than external funding. You don't need to raise money. You do not. Absolutely not. You don't need to raise money. Or let me rephrase that. You don't need to raise money to be successful. You really don't. 
So yes, you can raise, you can build a successful business without outside funding. But when you need to take outside funding is when you want to scale abruptly. You want to move from five people to 3,000 people at a go. And you see that you cannot do that organically. No matter what you, or if there's an incumbent in the market and no matter the strategy, you will not do well. But this is another thing, another advice I tell people, if your strategy is based on your competitor's strategy, you're going to fail. So, which, which means you only move when the competitor is moving. You should be doing the moves. You should be doing all the um, yeah. options, right? So, yeah, you don't need outside funding. But if you want to scale rapidly, if you see that your business would not would die over a short period, if you, you see that there's no runway, no matter how much you make, your business will eventually die. And you are ready to take the responsibility of answering to investors. Then, by all means, raise funding. Okay, sorry, I was just going through the comments and Bello Rashid, I guess all your statements, comments and questions have been answered already. And thanks for putting your questions in the comments. Okay, so not all startups need funding and not all startups need funding immediately. If you need funding, like you have to be sure that you really want to scale up and right, do you have the capacity to or do you have a strategy on ground to actually handle that large scale yeah okay yeah thank you okay so let's wrap this up with some advice you would give to someone who has a great idea i want to start a company and is ready to start it i i, I kind of mentioned this at, at the beginning work for somebody or understand that on the study somebody don't just jump into business learn the appropriate skills that will help you build a business at some point when you're running your business realize that it is less of your technical skill and more of your leadership skills the best entrepreneurs in the world learned how to leverage people learned how to leverage resources learned how to leverage debts everything in this world is about leveraging and unless you you know get that skill you teach yourself that skill or you learn from somebody you will most likely fail so you need to learn to leverage your resource as a business leader as a founder Secondly, know when to pivot. See, you will run your business, you will do everything right, and things will not work out. It is not a course. It is just reality. Know when to pivot. Know when to say, this is not working up. This is not working for me. Let me figure out something else to do. Don't just jump into starting a business. Remember I said on that story, somebody, get a job. Work yeah. with somebody else. Earn some money. Gain, gain experience. <laughs> feed, feed yourself because... It is not easy running a business on an empty stomach. And who say it is? It motivates you, you know, that that fear of being hungry. But it also stops you from thinking creative. So yeah, and I've seen like a lot of people who start businesses, and because you know that's their only goal, that's their source of income, <laughs> that's what they expect to feed them. They yeah. they they are in this very bad position where if things don't go right, they are just like they are not yeah. thinking right, straight. Yeah, and, and to be honest, when you're on that survival mode, you tend not to think as creatively as you ought to. And talking about motivations, also understand what your motivation is and hold on to it. Now, I tell people, don't be shy. If your motivation is, when I was in secondary school, like, I asked the girl out and the girl said, no, you're poor. Hold on to it. No, 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 for real. I, I like to be very real with people. Hold on to it. If your motivation is... If that's your motivation, yeah, you, 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 growing up, you work towards mom, it. Yeah, my mom worked so hard to feed us and I don't want her to ever be poor again. 
hold on to it because some days it is that your motivation that will keep you going because some days things will not work the way you want it to work and it is that motivation as foolish as it sounds that would actually yeah. keep you going build like we said build a network of people that would support you and help you and if you don't have that network of people go out and engage with the kind of people you want to be in, in your network right yeah learn to pitch learn to sell yourself that is number one skill for any entrepreneur very important sell, not just yourself no not just your business but also yourself you yes, must be able to walk into a room and say good afternoon my name is um and i work for that 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 or I run an entrep- a business called XYZ. Do you know that I can help you do XYZ, XYZ, right? You must learn to identify opportunities where you can sell yourself. You go for an event and the speaker speaks, says something, you know, very wonderful. And assume, let's assume, he said, aspire to perspire to perspire. And he comes out like, oh my God, sir, I like your aspire to perspire to perspire. But I think that if you perspire, you aspire this other way. By the way, who did your shoes? I really like your shoes. Though. Do you know I make shoes? And I can do something better for you. How about I do yeah. something for, you for free? But your next order, you pay for. You know, you know, find creative ways to sell yourself. It's very important. Selling is a big part of entrepreneurship. I agree that not everybody can sell. Not everybody is a seller, to be honest. But you must know the basics, right? You must yeah. Know the basic. What else? What other advice? We talked about understanding the customer, understanding the problem. Don't just solve a problem based on how you see it. Solve it based on how the customer sees it. That, that is so, so, so important. That's why you yeah. can have five businesses doing the same thing on one street and only one person is getting it right. Yeah. Because the person understands how the customer wants to be served, how they, problem, how they want their problem to be. In short, let me give a very good example. I had a friend that, I won't mention the name of the company, that has a corporate washing facility so you drive your car into the place they wash your car and all that and during covid everything was shut down and then right around that time that was when lagos they banned go kaza and the rest you know what he did he walked up to one of those bike sharing and said you know what how about i turn your bikes to mobile washing units and you you take your bikes to my client's house and that's how he survived that period because wow. his customers were telling him my car is dirty i don't want to wash my car and he found the creative. So you must be ready yeah. to be creative. You must think on your feet. You cannot succeed as an entrepreneur without thinking on your feet. You must yeah. train yourself. Because, see, to be honest, Nigeria is hard. Too many things are hard. Your parents are calling you for money and things are not working the way. So, unfortunately, sometimes you are forced <laughs> to think within a box, right? But you need to train yeah. yourself to think outside the box. Because it's people that think outside the box that do the best businesses. So, train yourself to see opportunity. Train yourself to always think outside the box. Thank you so much Owen, for those wonderful points. And I believe they will be helpful to a lot of people who will be watching this. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Diverse K podcast. If you found it helpful, please share it with your friends and colleagues that would also find it helpful. Do have a wonderful morning, afternoon or night. Until next week. Bye. Bye.